Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. What's up, monkeys? Monkey Dan here. Welcome to the Live Wild or Die podcast. This episode, I am stoked to have Coach Michael Hill. He's the director of sports performance at Georgetown University, which is my alma mater. And he started there in 2004, which was my freshman year. And he essentially kind of taught me how to lift and how to train throughout my whole collegiate career. So I've known him for over 15 years now. The dude's a wild man. And I'm going to read his bio just because there's he's got so much experience, so much knowledge. I just want you guys to, to really take that in. So he's been at Georgetown University since 2004. He's currently the director of sports performance, and he works specifically with the men's basketball team and also oversees the development of all 29 other teams. And Georgetown men's basketball, there's been tons of guys that have played in the NBA or in the NBA now. So again, the dude's training high-level athletes, and he knows his stuff. In 2018, Coach Hill became a National Academy of Sports Medicine certification board member. He's also a board member for Body Mechanics Fitness Cooperative in San Francisco. He's a consultant for Sisu Systems in Washington, D.C. He's a consultant for GoPro Workout in Nashua, New Hampshire. He's been an advisor for us monkeys since back when we were doing the Wild Gym, which that's a whole nother episode. So he's always had our backs and we really appreciate it. He's also an advisor for Perch Fitness based out of Cambridge, Massachusetts. In May of 2017, Coach Hill was recognized as a master strength and conditioning coach by the Collegiate Strength and Conditioning Coaches Association. This is the highest honor a strength coach can achieve. So again, the dude knows his stuff. I really appreciate him taking the time to be on here and hopefully we can do it again. In 2014, the National Strength and Conditioning Association named Coach Hill one of the top four collegiate strength and conditioning coaches in the country. That's enough said there. And there's there's a ton more I could say. He's got done tons of different certifications. And beyond that, you know, what I also really appreciate about what I also really appreciate about him is he he's he thinks outside of just the strength and conditioning and fitness world. He likes to explore other topics. And then I think that all kind of accumulates and comes back in to make better training and just better interactions. So I can't say too much more. So let's just get into it. This is Coach Michael Hill, Director of Sports Performance from Georgetown University. Here we go. What's up, man? Coach Hill, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. How are you? Oh, I'm uh, doing well and wild out here in beautiful Colorado. There you go. Are you currently outside in the wilderness? You know, I was briefly on my way. I rode my bike here. It was this crazy headwinds, but um, unfortunately, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've seen some, in some of the, obviously, the first podcast, but the other ones, you've been sitting outside and hanging out. And I think it's great. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, it was. Um, it really helped kind of eliminate any distractions. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, really, I need to start doing that again. It's, it's starting to get really nice here, so I'm, uh, I hope I can bring that back. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of, I mean, it's, you know, obviously most people are in a studio and I hope you're not getting any background noise. I'm down in my basement, which is, which would actually be quite sad if you were out in the wilderness and you were out in the, you know, a certain elevation and I am sitting in my basement, uh, look, 
staring at an at-home gym, like, you know. Oh, man. Um, no, but how is everything good? Yeah, all's good. It's uh, it's funny you mentioned the basement. I was just doing a call this morning that was recording, and I went in my closet at home because the sound was the best. So it's like this tight little closet, you know. I'm like <laughs> being yeah. all amped, but um, yeah. Otherwise, all's good. We're uh, we've got a um another little monkey on the way coming in May. So about uh, five there you go. weeks away. Yeah. So nice. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. There you go, man. Yeah. Starting the tribe. There yeah, you go. Exactly. Yeah. How, yeah how, but, uh, do you have two kids? I only have one okay. actually. Okay. And now being in quarantine, I mean, the, so my wife is from Italy and her mother-in-law lives with us now. So there's three of us. So three to one, you know, parent to, to uh, oh, kid okay. ratio, which is actually great. You know, um, because if I, if we had two or three, I don't know what, I mean, I don't know what we do. Right. Like, it's just, you can't keep them busy. It, it, it makes people now reshape and rethink like, you know, being in the house, being self quarantined, like do, do you want to be moved? Do you want to move farther out, you know, so they can have more activities. And if you're self quarantined, you still have, you know, five acres of land to run around, you know, I don't, right. it's just, uh, it, it's all different perspective. You know what I mean? Oh, for so, sure. Yeah, sure. but most of the people here, obviously, you know, that live in D.C., you know, you say self-quarantined and they can't go and, you know, do their everyday routine and they just absolutely go ape shit. Like, they're, they're, everything's shut down and all this and they're not prepared. And obviously, it seems like grabbing toilet paper is now <laughs> the shitty thing to do, you know? Um, so, yeah. I, I, you know, Crazy. I really think about that compared, you know, because we live it's basically the suburbs where I'm at, right? We're just renting a townhome, yeah. but, um, you know, it's like a neighborhood. So, and it's, it's, it's kind of an older population in general. It's, it's like older population and younger families, but mm-hmm. it's like this weird Saturday morning from the twilight zone type of scenario <laughs> every day. That's what it feels like every day. Every day. No, I did You hit that nail right in the head. Like that's exactly my neighborhood to a T, you know, we move, I live in Arlington, so okay. it's farther, it's farther out and enough to where, it, you know, we're not really next on top of our neighbors. Like we lived in, in Georgetown, but, um, we have enough space and we have a yard and everything. We have a big enough house where we all can do our own thing in our own rooms. But, you know, I got, you got, I'm sure you got friends who live in the city, big city in New York or wherever. Um, and it's just, I, I, I would think it would be maddening to, to be in an apartment for however many, two, two weeks with a normal mindset. You know what I mean? Right. Like a normal everyday mindset. Like you have to, you have to flip that switch to, uh, to be able to sit in a room by yourself, you know? Um, and it takes a special person to do that and not be affected by that, you know? And so hopefully now it's everyone's starting to shift in their mindset and, you know, reading more and shutting off the TV and, you know, doing more exercises and stuff like that and finding creative ways to pass the time. So, yeah, for sure. Well, it's been, I think it's been so cool, man, seeing how many people are working out at home. It's, um, you know, what we've seen on the monkey side is it's, you know, people I haven't heard from, from years or ever are all of a sudden just like getting after it. Yeah. And that's been really cool. So, um, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Same, I mean, same here. Like I've, 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 I travel. Um, I don't know. Are you, you're recording, right? Or yeah, yeah, I've recording? been recording the whole time. So I just, oh, I, I like go. the more conversation, hey. man. I, I don't like hey, going, so go. what do you think of? <laughs> <laughs> so where are you from? Yeah. So what's your backstory? No. So, 
no. So here, I mean, I traveled, you knew I traveled with the first version. I think it was made of, I think it was made out of bamboo, right? The oh, very yeah. first one. Oh yeah. So I, I have that with me and I travel with that with basketball because you never know where you're going. But now most places have a lot of things and we, you know, we have, we do have some downtime, but, uh, we normally are hitting, I'm trying to offset sometimes conditioning on those days. Um, with if we're traveling uh with with the team and with guys who aren't going to play you know because they're not getting that stimulus so most of the time i'm I'm doing uh interval training and and whatnot but we still do bodybuilding and things but i do travel with the first version but the other version that i have the the uh the tactical think money the monkey bars two tactical uh black version i have that over me over my door in my at home gym and and whatnot and you know i do all the kind of mess around a little bit but i like i stick to the basics with that stuff i mean I do, uh, you know, some knee tucks and some, some rows, chest press, tries, buys and stuff like that. And, and, and I love it, you know, just hitting out reps and different variations and holds and, you know, tempo and stuff like that, controlling the tempo. And so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, my home gym is set up. I don't necessarily have a rack in there, but I still do. I have a bar and some, and some weights. And so I do rackless, rackless training, you know, which is very, very good. Just if, you know, I don't, I don't wear shoes in my, in my home gym, uh, lifting shoes. So after I warm up or, you know, you can still do cleans in your socks or bare feet, and, you know, as long as you're not, you know, putting too much weight through your system and just, just go for reps and intensity and to try and drive it that way. And I guess it, it comes down to whatever your intent is with that kind of exercise. You know, um, I'm actually, my body needs a little bit of time away from the barbell, you know, it's more, more out in the wild to say, right. Uh, so yeah, no, it's been, it's, it's been good. It's been, uh, obviously it's been humbling, you know, just to be home. I, I travel so much with, with basketball and, and, uh, we're practicing so much and we're at the gym so much. It's good to be away and, uh, at my favorite place, which is my home. So, yeah. You know, I, when, as soon as you said the rackless barbell lifting, I've never thought of it that way, but to me, that is, mm-hmm. it's a way more wild way. And I, I would almost go on to say natural way to train. Cause I just, I'm trying to think in nature, it would be, I have, I've actually built a squat rack in the wild, but, um, you know, in a normal <laughs> nature situation, it would be challenging to get that super heavy load onto your back. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it yeah. is interesting to think about it that way. So you remember, uh, coach Carl Johnson at Georgetown. So coach Carl always, uh, he, he tries to transform himself and do different uh, types of training. And he's always, you know, constantly learning and doing things And he went through a whole phase of rackless training. And it was, it was crazy seeing the, all the huge stuff that we have at Georgetown, all the store neck racks and everything. And, you know, Carl's taking, dipping a barbell sideways or doing a bear complex <laughs> over his head, you know, to try and get it behind him. But really, I mean, you know, the, the, if you're going to deadlift it, if you're going to shrug it, if you're going to high pull it, if you're going to clean it, if you're going to front squat it and overhead press, I mean, you can behind the neck press from there. Uh, I'm a little bit limited because of my ceiling, but you can pretty much do all the Olympic lifts with, with really not, no rack. Um, right. right. That's, that's not to say I don't want a rack because I actually do. Um, right. <laughs> at the same time, I mean, you know, I've gotten my workout in and it's, 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 it's still work. I still do, uh, you know, I shouldn't say I, I still do, but I, I I've uh, still run, you know, a mile pretty much almost every other day. And then I'll uh, shoot around, which is um, shoot around playing basketball and whatnot. But that's kind of cut back, dialed back for, in a good way. And, you know, I've done more of the body weight stuff, which is which is helping out my joints in my old age. So <laughs> I did. Yeah, uh, 
I did a time mile New Year's Day. Just I haven't I didn't done one for years. You know, just a straight up time mile mm-hmm. on the track. And I forgot how hard those things are. Oh yeah. What was your guys' test that you used to what was the uh the cross test? Was it a mile or a mile and a half? We did we did a mile and then we also did the um the three hundred shuttles. Okay, gotcha. The old school, yeah. Yep. Which yep. For just to explain that real quick, so the 300-yard shuttle is you have cones 25 yards apart. You run back 25. and forth six times, mm-hmm. right? Yep, yep. And it's and look, I think you were trying to get, yeah, like a time mile, I think you guys had had to have been. I know it was definitely below seven, below It was six. six. Yeah, half, it was a six-minute cutoff. Six? Okay, that's what I was going to say. It was, a, it was a good clip, but it was still at your – for you guys, it was definitely manageable and easy if you if you were – in relatively good shape, you could push through that. And then the 300 is what crushes people. You know, you're trying to get it and shoot. We've seen, uh, I mean, Lancaster on the football team got it in like 59 seconds, 58 seconds. It was a crazy time. He did it, but out there on the field, it's really hard for all those turns after you've done that test or, you know, it just flushes your system, especially if you're going to do two in a row. Um, and obviously the, the more rest you get, a lot of the times it becomes worse, but uh, you know, all those, you can't mimic like, primal everyone's now trying to mimic primal movements and certain things but also just like your business is getting out in the wild and doing things naturally is the best way so doing things conditioning wise and or sport specific is just doing your sport you know right Um, right which a lot of people get away from you know i like i said about conditioning and trying to uh, condition those basketball guys at hotels and making a game-like situation it's never going to be game-like but i'm just trying to mitigate and lower that risk lower that curve a little bit so Right. So what's going yeah. on right now with like our teams that what what's going on? <clears throat> so yeah, they basically, we were in New York, uh, on what day it was. We got there on Tuesday on Wednesday we played. And then basically Wednesday night, they said that they weren't going to play any of the more, any more games without fans. And so I think that was the 11th, maybe 12th, okay. uh, of March. And so, we got out of there the next day and then uh, basically kind of self-quarantined ourselves uh, ever since. But, you know, once that hit, once the NBA started canceling games, once the NCAA started canceling games, it, you know, it was only a matter of time before that just uh, uh, spiraled. And, it, and it, I guess it was more for the fans and getting there and the transportation and everyone getting so close together to help, uh, you know, kind of decrease that, that, uh, uh, risk of, of contracting right. um, the disease. And so, yeah, it, it makes sense. It, it sucks. You know, there's a lot of uh, heartbreak and sadness from teams that are in the spring, like lacrosse, who are training all year round just for that moment. In the beginning of your season, you're in the best shape of your life. You're going into the season with a great mindset, ready to go. And all of a sudden it just gets crushed. And that it, it's almost like having an injury. It's almost like tearing something or doing something that puts you out. You know, you got to now, like we talked earlier about shifting the mindset inside your house um, and being by yourself, but shifting the mindset of you, you got to, uh, you're now not in competition anymore. That's been stripped away from you. The rules have been broken. And so you got to train for something else, you know, train harder. If they're going to give back uh, scholarships, what they've taught or scholarships, years of uh, eligibility, which they have talked about. I'm not sure if they're pushing that, um, but uh, it, w- it would be nice, you know, if you're a senior lacrosse player, um, uh, you know, it would be nice to 
come back again the next year. I'm not sure if you would have to be going to school in the summer or the spring or how that would work, but um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely heartbreaking. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Like just getting your season canceled or, you know, if you're a senior going to, if you're graduating school, although are they doing online classes the, through they the doing, college? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We went online literally right away. I oh, mean, wow. Once they found out, I mean, I think it was, you know, we knew that there wasn't going to be fans. We knew that school was probably going to be canceled for a little bit, but they went right online that Monday. Um, and it happened right away. And there was a lot of bumps because a lot of teachers don't use zoom. They don't use online. They they're, they're in the physical, you know, like, um, they're in the physical world. So like, like, uh, um, like us, I mean, I'm in the human business. I'm in the human business of going to a workout, going coaching athletes, seeing it, visualizing it. Now you go online, it's a whole different perspective. It's like, you know, I'm trying to, uh, you know, it's like being up in a space shuttle for however <laughs> right. long you're trying to like communicate to these people. You're like, no, I, you know, I, the toilet doesn't work in this room. <laughs> like it's not working in the, in the, in the space shuttle. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's maddening at some levels, but also I, I hope everybody comes, you know, thinking philosophically about it, comes back with a better mindset of like, Hey, we should cherish our time together. And you know what, let me make my home life a little bit better. Like, let me make my home gym a little bit better. Let me get some books. Let me get some ideas. I mean, I have, I have so many things to do. It's almost overwhelming. Um, you know, at home, I got tons of books that I'm trying to read. I got an online course I want to do, and I got a, a certificate I want to get, and that's not even Georgetown stuff. Um, you know, not to mention all the stuff that I have to do for work. So definitely have a lot of things to do, but I do miss the, uh, human to human connection. Oh, absolutely, man. What, yeah. what, what's the, what are the books? What's the course and what's the certificate? So certificate is the NSPA national strength and conditioning association. Uh, it's the tactical strength and conditioning coach. Oh, nice. So okay. the tactical, the military side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just finished a book called the protected and it was all about executive protection. Um, okay. and, he was a uh, agency officer who traveled around the world and was mi in the military and the Air Force. And, and then uh, he uh, started doing executive protection. And it's a lot about, you know, kind of the world right now and the paranoia and all the measures that you need to take, but that you should be thinking about so you can be safe. You know, it's like, you know, I'd rather have a, a what is it, a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Right. right. And, right? Um, so, it, it's kind of that same mindset. And then I just finished, um, uh, another book, uh, stillness is the key by, um, and I'm just forgot the name of the, uh, author, which is bad. I just literally finished it. Um, so I finished that, which is all explaining same stuff, uh, here in the world, uh, Ryan holiday. I oh, nice. Okay. So it can stuff like that. So it's highly recommend if you're, you're, you're wanting to read something about the times now, and being still and being in your home, that's a great book. And then now I finished that in uh, a couple of days. And then now Quantum Speak, uh, it's uh, Ignite the Fire Within. It's kind of, you know, about your desires and things that you want to do and uh, riding that quantum wave and how you should do it. And if you feel like moving to Hawaii, move to Hawaii. You know, if you like doing this, do this. So I don't know, um, kind of three conflicting books, but they're all right there. Oh, hell um, yeah. Holiday, um, and, I just finished Obstacles Away, actually. Okay, yeah, yeah, yep. Really yep. enjoyed that. This is the first one of his books that I've read. I meant to read The Daily Stoic first. Okay. And then this book was just home. I, I Somebody had given it to my wife, so obviously 
out there listening to the universe. I just picked it up and I started reading it, you know, obviously being still at home, but uh, the, then the, uh, the course online is through the Santa Fe Institute, which is uh, good for good source of, of uh, information and online learning through their complexity explorer courses. Okay. And this one is on, this one is on fractals and understanding fractals and deeper dive into fractals. So I guess if you're looking at, uh, let's say heart sizes, and and veins and vesicles it's it's uh comparing you know mice all the way to humans all the way to uh elephants like you know comparing the uh the the levels and you know um caloric intakes and uh expenditures of all of those there's a scale to that right there's there's a reason there's a reason elephants don't have to eat you know just a ton of food in order to get uh you know big there's a reason because humans need a certain amount of food to stay the way they are. There's a reason, you know, animal or uh, mice um, only have to eat just small little things and can withstand a lot. And there's fractals all over, you know, with, um, you know, just um, uh, like snowflakes, you know, snowflake patterns and things. There's little patterns that are around the world that you can look at. And it really opens up your eyes to a lot of different things. Trees, example of a fractal, you know, you can, you can take uh, the roots of a tree and then follow it up and spread it out and, and uh, there's different little patterns that are at the smaller level, but the bigger level and forests and worlds and all sorts of stuff. So very interesting out there. I guess you could say wild stuff. But, oh, yeah. I was going to say that you know, is wild, man. Fractals. Yeah. Fractal. Okay. I'm going to have to check that fractal. out. Look it up. There's okay. fractal, ge- fractal geometry. There's a lot of stuff. But uh, the, the, there's a book that I read a long time ago called Scale by Jeffrey West. Okay. And... Uh, he is, I think he's still the president of the Santa Fe Institute, but, uh, that book is, that book is wild. It'll give you a good perspective on a lot of things. It makes you think about like cities. So there's, you know, there's a, for just for instance, there's scales on like crime rates in smaller cities. There's a lower crime and bigger cities is a higher crime. Um, and looking at cities like, uh, like their organisms, you know, right now, obviously the organism is sick. So people are moving out of the cities. They're getting away from that. They're taking measures to eradicate that disease within that city. And, you know, why is that city so densely populated with all these people? Um, and, you know, how much trash comes out of that? How much are we ex- exposing or ex- uh, <clears throat> exposing from, from, the, uh, uh, from the city is definitely relative to how big it is. You know, where, where I live in Iowa, you know, the trash is not as much as, you know, New York city. And, and, and that goes into an organism, you know, the more you eat, the bigger the shit, you know, right. <laughs> or the less, the less you eat, the less you shit. Right. So right. it's uh, I mean, there's, uh, there's all sorts of different ways and there's different scales within that. So yeah, it's a good book. I highly recommend anybody, anybody read, read that. And that'll open up a whole new perspective on, you know, how you look at things and how things around you may seem dead, but they're actually really alive. That's you know, when you said the elephant, how that elephant can eat. So, so for the fractal, back to the fractal, is that something where like an elephant can eat relatively less in proportion to a smaller, like a, like you said, a mouse? Is that, is that some, is that kind of yeah, the way it works? There's a whole section on like fractal metabolic rates. Okay. And uh, there's a scale to that. Um, and I'm, no, not, I guess, privy to, to the exact numbers on all that stuff. But yeah, there's a, definitely a scale, you know? Okay. Um, and humans fall kind of in the middle um, of that. So. 
I was always wondering about that because there's there's this guy here in Boulder. His name's Anton Krupichna. He's like this crazy ultra endurance athlete. He mm-hmm. he was one of the early winners of the uh, Leadville 100. But literally every day he gets up and rides his bike 100 miles or runs like a 50k or you know climbs thousands of vertical. I mean it's it's pretty much every single day. And I just yeah I, I don't I try, I'm like how many calories does this guy have to eat? But He's always talking about how he he has he doesn't drink that much water and he barely carries food with him. So hearing that hearing what you're describing, it seems how there's a deeper yeah. uh, physiology to that. Yeah, there's only I mean and now you're seeing the trend of people think, saying that oh you know uh, um, intermittent bouts of fasting that's the way to go like th- that you know that way has been around for quite some time. It's just the breakfast lunch dinner is kind of like Valentine's Day, right? It's like somebody told us that that was supposed to be real and now it's (laughs) fucking real. Right. Oh man. I mean, I don't know. I love that. That's a great analogy. That's that's great. You know? So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I used to wake up and I used to eat my breakfast and all that stuff and do all that. And finally I'm just like, one day I'm like, I'm tired of this shit. Like I, I really do love to eat breakfast, but at the same time I like breakfast for dinner. And so, it's like I can easily just drink my coffee, get a workout in, you know. I don't care about that certain metabolic time frame, anabolic time frame, 30 minutes and whatever. I, you know, normally just eat when I want to eat and sleep when I want to sleep. And um, I am on pretty much a two-meal-a-day diet. Okay. And I used to be, uh, I take this conversation in a different way, I guess, but it used to be a bigger breakfast and a uh, – smaller lunch and then a mediocre dinner where now it's kind of smaller lunch, no breakfast, smaller lunch, and then a bigger, bigger dinner. Um, and I do snack. I, I don't hold off on calories or anything. I just don't, I don't need to consume that much from the world. You know, I, I'm fine. I'm not going to be the 280 pound, 600, 700 pound deadlifter. I, I, I'm fine with, you know, being able to sprint my mile and do my push-ups and jump over that wall when the when the zombies hit, which is probably pretty <laughs> yeah, soon, right? Yeah, next week. So, I don't want to be uh, intermittent bouts of fasting when uh, the zombies hit. You know, before I run off. But yeah, no, it's it's uh, yeah, I think I think uh, I shouldn't say that it, everyone's kind of going to that thinking of the new age thinking of you know consuming in good and and better quality foods. Um, and better quality, everything really in general and trying to, trying to better yourself to last longer, you know, um, last out this, uh, coronavirus really. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great opportunity yeah. for it. avoid going to the store. Yeah. I've noticed that, you yeah. know, I would do, I, I had been playing around with the skipping breakfast or whatever the last year or so. And, um, uh-huh. you know, I would notice it was almost like I wasn't hungry, but I, I would, it was the habit of eating more so. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's ingrained in me, you know what I mean? Being a strength coach, I, I've said that before. I'd be hypocritical, I just denied that. Like, I have said, you know, you need to eat this, you need your calories. But sometimes, you know, some people just, they're, they're not they're not made for that. You know, if there's a if there's any thought to eat right for your blood type, I mean, that that book or the four, the, the four different types of uh, uh, diets, um, I forgot the name of that book, but there, if, if there's any, you know, uh, positives to that. There's definitely positives. Each person has their own style to their own, uh, metabolic process that, that can go through with whatever foods, um, they consume. And, and obviously everybody has allergies now. So there's, there's a unique, there's a unique equation to everybody with that, 
you know, you just don't have to eat, you know, protein shakes after every workout. Like, you know, you know, people who experience, you know, bloatiness and fartiness and then, and for a while, and then all of a sudden they're like, why am I doing this to myself? You know, this, I just want to eat regular food. Right. Right. So, yeah. Well, it's, it's but, really refreshing to hear you say that because I've, you know, we will get asked on a pretty regular basis, you know, what, sh- what should I eat? What, what's the best diet? And it's like, honestly, I have no idea, you know, probably yeah. real food, but as far as yeah. macros and exactly what it's like, it's a personal experiment and journey, you know, and it, I think there's a, there's a strong tendency for people to want to be more dogmatic, but I, I love, I love it when people say it's, it's very personal. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you know, I, and I, if food's available, I mean, I will eat it, but I try not to, I'm, not, I'm trying not to waste any food either too, and being mindful of all of that stuff. Cause we are lucky to, to have good foods and whatnot. I just, I don't choose. Um, I don't, I don't go out and eat a whole lot out. You know, I maybe eat out maybe once a month, you know, with basketball, we're traveling, um, we eat at the hotel, but I don't, uh, I don't consume any fast food or anything. I don't know the last time I had fast food or even a soda, um, or even really sweets. I don't really eat that many sweets. I'd rather consume more salty, um, than anything, but yeah, I guess in, in general, I, I consume more water now and you know, the caffeine and, and coffee craze, um, it's kind of, you know, slowed down just a little bit, but I still drink my, I still drink my coffee every morning. So, oh, for sure. Actually, I yeah. hate, I hate to admit this, but I crush decaf, man. I crush it. <laughs> yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll crush a whole pot and it, you know, it's, you know, you, it doesn't, it's probably a, the equivalent to a cup or a cup and a half of regular coffee, but, um, I just like that warm liquid and, yeah, uh, yeah. the decaf is pretty good now, surprisingly. No, it's, and there's, there, you know, there's a placebo effect to that. There's, uh, there's a study that show that just eating an apple in the morning is equivalent to a cup of coffee waking you up. If it, you know, also if it's your intent, if you wake up every morning and you like to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you can't start your day without it. I mean, that's, you know, living, that's living in, inside your mind, inside your body. If you need that, then yeah, go for it. I mean, that's probably a good placebo effect with that. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. One, one thing I want to ask you is what, mm-hmm. so I graduated, I guess the last year I was playing or my last season was in 2009. So about 10 years yep. ago mm-hmm. and man, the weight room. So, Backtrack a little bit. When I was at school at Georgetown, Coach Hill, was, he was coaching me. He taught me how to lift pretty much. But um, the weight room was like this curtained off section because there was construction going on. But now it's like this beautiful fortress of yeah. weights and platforms and pull. It's it's just, it's a work of art. Yeah. Um, but is the training much different from what we were doing back then? Or is it more or less the same? Or it's funny that you asked that because Carl Johnson brought that up in a, in a speech uh, that I was given at Todd Hammer's clinic. He, we showed the clinic, we showed, or we showed the facility at the clinic, showcased it, and Carl was like, is the training different? And to be honest, no. You know, okay. it, same thing at my house. Like, the training is not that much different. You're still going to push, pull, explosive, whatever, do your core work, get your conditioning and all that stuff. It's not, you know, things haven't really changed. Um you know, same thing up in space. Shoot, when we're talking about NASA and being up in a space shuttle, like they still get on the bike and do their cardio. They're still paying attention to their nutrition. They're still um, making sure that they get their 
their deadlift in on the a rad like it's 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 not um you know it, it there's no not much deviation from that training from those from those movements i mean you're you're all fighting against gravity so and you're trying to to fight fight against you know uh your age really you know you're trying to slow it down and whatnot and um just walking just walking in the monks outside in the in the grass and you know nature breathing is is good for your good for your body good for your system but the training for us really i mean we've got more coaches um we've got better newer equipment sornex sornex exercise equipement we got a leco sornex exercise did or exercise did all of our racks okay um okay. we have three different Three different weight rooms for those of you who, who uh, uh, don't have never seen the Georgetown facility. Two, there's one um, for men's basketball. There's one for women's basketball, and then there's a main weight room facility that's about ten thousand square feet. Oh, and then wow. we have, yeah, we have a fifty uh, yard turf. So we have it's it's only fifteen yards wide, but it's fifty yards long, um, which for all the warm up and everything. And then we have twenty racks in that facility. But Sornex did all that play flooring did all of our flooring and then alico uh, barbells did all the plates and barbells so we just stuck with three simple you know companies um that uh that we had good relationships with that came in and and, and really knocked it out of the park i mean it was it mirrored the one that you had worked out in which is yates Fieldhouse, right and uh so we wanted that to still be kind of the staple of our racks um our our training um kind of module training because as you know, we have 27, 29 sports with 600 plus 650 and then 700 athletes coming through there. You can't have, you know, a global gym and, and have uh, tons of different pieces out there. It just doesn't work like that. You know, we still, um, still use all the simple movements just to, just to keep it, uh, keep it in line and not bottleneck our program. So, right. Yep. What's, you know, I've always, I'm kind of the same way. Like, I like, I like coming up with new products, but it's based on kind of these older principles and movements, you know? Um, yeah. And it's just, I think the fitness industry always wants to, there's, there's always this tendency for like the latest and greatest and for lack of a better word gimmicks, but it's really the, the knowledge is kind of already known. It's just applying it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. And adapting to the environment around you. Right. I mean, we, we could have stayed in that facility for a very long time. It just everything else and the arms race within the collegiate setting. And just, we had grown out of our shell really um, because the athletic department was adding on more people, more sports, more of this. You need a basketball facility. You need more locker rooms. You need a bigger training room, all that stuff happen to organically grow and so we grew out of that and we had to build it build a new one and eventually you know 30 years down the road we're going to grow out of this one um you know like we're still here i guess oh totally is it is the new building is it um does it back up to the field yeah it's okay. right so where the, where the tennis courts used to be so okay. it's adjacent adjacent to the football field and the uh, mcdonough arena okay yep. okay Gosh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I see. I'll see videos of you guys getting after in there. I'm just like, but you know, it's like you said. It's it's same same thing, just different uh, different setting. So yeah, it's yeah, all good. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Haven't missed much, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Have you experimented, or do you have a big opinion on 
like breath and breath work and any of that stuff? Yeah, I, I do. Um, you know, obviously everything starts with that, right? Everything starts with, um, you know, air in and air out, you know, and, uh, your muscles can only, there's, I guess a reason that your muscles in your body can only last so long without it. And, and so using it within exercises, uh, I, we teach, um, you know, just, I, I don't, I guess I should backtrack. I don't know enough, but I know enough to know that I don't know anything. Right. <laughs> so I guess saying that is we try and teach breathing to what we know, but I'm not, uh, in there, you know, um, uh, cueing it at every single lift or every single, uh, to every single athlete or trying to control the room with, with the breathing, you know, um, I try and do little things like talking to the athletes while they're working out. So I know they're not holding their breath, um, or making them count out their reps or, you know, maybe it's a one to two rep max on what they're doing. And, uh, you, you know, they, they, for some reason you have to hold your breath, right. um, but, or giving them a cue, maybe it's a three rep max, maybe it's a four and uh, saying, you know, hold your breath for these first two and then blow out for the third. And, you know, all that stuff, it gets kind of controversial with a lot of things. Should you hold your breath? Should you not? Should you breathe every single rep, right? So, you know, should, if you're doing, you know, uh, 10 reps on a, on a squat, should you breathe for every single rep? You know, there, it's, I guess it's, it, there's different schools of thought on that and how you break all that down. But I guess, yeah, again, I don't know enough to... I guess be an expert and, you know, give a, a stamped opinion on that. I just know that if athletes are aware of it and they're not holding their breath and impeding their movements, then, then it's okay. 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 I, uh, I saw, I think it was, I was listening to Brian McKenzie talk to Kelly Starrett mm-hmm. and he was yeah. talking about the girl Tia that I think she's won the CrossFit games. I can't remember her last name. She's from Australia, but, um, basically they were saying they had her do this nasal only breathing yeah. Specifically for, you know, more cardio focused type of things. And I started experimenting with that and I noticed it kind of, it was like, instead of pouring gas on a fire, it was more like pouring, maybe like rubbing alcohol. So it was like, it was a slower burn, a little bit lower burn. It just, it kept me from redlining. Yeah. But I felt it's hard to do better. Yeah. It was, it was really, it was, it was an interesting experiment. It's not, it definitely, there was a threshold that as soon as I went over it, at a certain heart rate, I would, I would have to mouth breathe, but it was a really yeah. interesting experiment that I, I'm still playing around with. Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I don't know if Cal Deeks was the first one to come up with that, but like Cal Deeks, Alice Luring, like those guys in Minnesota, um, you know, they experimenting with, you know, taping your mouth shut and just nasal breathing, or I've heard of people sleeping with their mouth shut or trying to do work. I mean, you know, uh, I guess I probably wouldn't drive a car doing that, but I probably would, <laughs> I probably I probably would. I mean, because it, you know, you don't want, don't, what is it? Hypoxic. You don't want to go, uh, uh, without oxygen for too long. And, and, uh, if that's even the word, I'm not sure. But, no, no, you're right. Um, so like, I'm not sure the effects of that, but, uh, it definitely has some, you know, th- I guess there's a reason and I go back to this, but there's a reason why you have a nose and a mouth. There's a reason why you're supposed to inhale through your nose. Um, I'm pretty sure you should exhale through your mouth, but, um, uh, you know, just experimenting with that and doing that just will, uh, tax your lungs and, and your heart in a different way. You know, speaking of being at a home gym, how do you, how do you, without a BFR pro, you know, product, um, how can you tax your muscles with little, with little weight, 
Um, do you hold your breath? Do you tape your mouth shut? Do you tape your nose shut? Um, do you close your eyes to get the proprioception, uh, you know, work into it? Um, like I said, I, I haven't, I don't use shoes at my house just because, uh, my floor, but you know, it's nice for me to get out of shoes and, and, uh, walking around in my, in my socks or bare feet to do some, do some movements. So, yeah, all, all that stuff is interesting. I think everyone should definitely play around with it before they give give an opinion on that. But yeah, breathing has become, uh, you know, I shouldn't say it's a it's a, it's a word or a uh, a type of training that's become trendy because it's always been around. But people are, I guess, more aware of it. You know, people are meditating more. People are are stilling their mind more. People are slowing their system down, and so breathing has become a part of that. Um, and there's a lot of great people doing a lot of great work out there. You know, I just, I, I think when in sports, when it comes down to it and you're playing and you're running around, you're going to do what your body wants to do. And if you haven't practiced any of that stuff, um, you know, it, it's not going to, it's not going to transfer over, um, or you're going to go back to your, your, your original movements and, and, and breathing. So, uh, yeah, we do a little bit, but not too much. Okay. Well, it's been it's been interesting watch watching just training and fitness for the last decade or so. How there's like this hier hierarchy that's being built. You know, it's like people would always go hard, and you know, people were lifting heavy, but then they're getting a little bit smarter about it. Olympic weightlifting got a lot more popular, and then people are adding in, you know, breath work, and then the mind and mobility, flexibility. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just it's been really cool the last decade, really seeing this this people just go up this hierarchy. So. I'm excited. Yeah. I think, you know, the monkeys, the people listening there, um, they're definitely following that trajectory. So it's, it's encouraging to hear. Well, yeah. I mean, now with this, I mean, coronavirus, I mean, this is definitely not going to be, this wasn't the first one and it's not going to be the last, right? So people are now gonna shift towards the monkey mindset, right? So right. they're going to shift towards the at home. Gym. What can I do at home? What can I do outside? You know, right. Oh, I can do a pull up on a tree. Really? Um, I can, you know, I remember back watching your videos back in the day when you're, you know, running with a log on the beach and just throwing <laughs> it and throwing rocks like that stuff is real, you know, but it's going to get back down to, you know, people are going to have to, you know, probably scared some people out of their minds to where they're going to have to get out in the garden and start doing some actual work to, to have some self-sustainable, you know, food or some type of a water filtration system or something, you know, um, so it, I guess you could say it's the age of kind of purification as some mystics really say it's, it's, uh, uh, but you know, getting the trend I think is going to be is towards like the wild type of fitness and the at home fitness. You're going to definitely see that shifting. Um, and this is definitely a stamp on that for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I love the shift towards, you know, a little bit more self-reliance, personal responsibility, but then also just, you know, building it's, it's, it has been, it's so funny. I saw a headline actually, and it, it's totally true, but you know, interacting with my neighbors, I've literally never seen before the last week or so, you know, of course, like, you know, you're 30 yards away talking, Hey, how you doing, Bob or whatever. But, um, that's been really cool to see. And yeah, like you said, just that, that shift back to kind of basics and realizing that, you know, things are a little more fragile than they may, they may seem. So I think, yeah. I think, yeah. I think, I, I hope and pray this is a lucky, you know, as bad as these things could be. Um, I'm hoping this isn't, doesn't turn super bad and it's a good lesson and we can, yeah, grow a lot from it. And kind of, like you said, kind of, it's kind of a purification. So 
yeah, definitely. No, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely an interesting time. You know, it's just, just going to the grocery store now, just being, being mindful of who you're walking by. Should I breathe that air six feet from <laughs> within six feet? Like, do I, do I hold my breath? Do, yeah. the breath? do I tape my nose and hold my breath and, you know, uh, walk by them? Um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. These measures that are being put in place is just hopefully making people aware of their own shell and what they're doing and, and being mindful of it. So, right. I, you know, the thing I wonder is how long is, I hope there's not this kind of lagging, you know, almost like I'm trying to think of the right word, but this, it's not repulsion, but people being kind of cautious of each other when it's, when it's unnecessary. Does that make sense? Like everyone's kind of yeah. like, Oh, that yeah. guy's sick. That guy's sick. You know, I, I hope yeah. there's not that this lag. Um, I just hope, I, I think the good thing would be, would be if people, you know, next year when we get flu season or another round of this, it's people are a little more cognizant of staying home if they do get sick, things like that. So mm -hmm. I just, I, yeah. I just hope the social distancing isn't, doesn't become kind of ingrained in society long-term. Yeah, there's definitely, I, I would imagine there's definitely a fear of that, you know, just being outside and my daughter running up to the fence to talk to the neighbor kids. I mean, it's like, okay, don't touch each other. Right. Definitely don't spit on each other. Right. You know, don't, don't do it. Like it's, it, it's, it's strange that you're, you're saying that, you know, and, and even going out for a run, it's kind of, kind of strange watching running down the street. And it's like, uh, somebody sees you a hundred feet away and they cross the street and they run across the street. It's like, you know, what did I fart? Do I smell? Can you smell me? <laughs> Is this strange? It's strange, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And that's, I guess, you know, same thing. It's like the, me and my wife went for a walk and we were walking outside and, you know, you walk by and you smell a flower and then you get a couple feet away and you can't smell it anymore. It's like, you know, people are going to take that distance, um, that negative distance. And so they're not going to get close to each other. There has to be some effect to that long term. You know, if you're not smelling those flowers, if you're not getting close to other humans, um, yeah, it's, it's to me interesting. I just hope, yeah, like you said, I don't hope it doesn't last long term. Right. Well, it's just, you know, I could see with like friends and family, you know, that should wear away quickly, but I, I could see like in crowds, it's, it, it could 100%. have this, yet this long lasting effect. So, you yeah. know, it's, um, I think it's just something to be cognizant of. Yeah. Yeah. So are you, where are you in Iowa right now? Or are you still in DC? No, I'm still in uh, Virginia. Yeah. Okay. So okay. In, or Virginia. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. If uh, I guess if you know things shut down a little bit more, I probably will take a take a road trip to Iowa because still got a lot of stuff. Still got a farm there and everything. Oh, really? Stuff, okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, my parents still live there, and my sister, and so you know, going to see them, even though my parents are older and and don't want to you know bring anything to them, but I can still you know, go and be there and be around and be supportive. And, and there's definitely a lot of work to do. So, right. What, you know, I was thinking about this. I looked it up. There's 60 ish, about 60 million people that have gym memberships. Mm -hmm. How do you think that's going to play out with long-term? Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely interesting. That's, that's exactly, you know, the, the kind of underlying effect of that is, is the restaurants and yeah, getting food. It's, but the wellness aspect of that, you know, gym memberships, all the little boutiques of, uh, 
you know, personal training studio boutiques and, and, and uh, mind, body, spirit types boutiques that are out there um, that are that are trying to thrive with people coming in. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 saddening at, at at some level to because they're they're going to have to change the way they they do things and and change the way their business model is set up. But they're definitely going to take a hit like everybody else. They're definitely going to take a pretty hard hit. Um, because once they get back, it's almost like, you know, even before when you looked at somebody who, who was sweaty and didn't wipe down that bench, now you're not going to want to get on that bench for like, you know, five minutes, you know, Um, it's like, you know, when planes take off, there's a reason two planes don't take off one right after another, like in traffic, car traffic is because of the jet wash. You know, everybody, if everyone's going to have this human wash that was around them, that they need to literally wash and, uh, um, you know, wipe down and, you know, sterilize and whatever before you can go and, and, uh, and step into that space. You know, there, there was a, I was reading something that said that the virus can stay on cardboard for like 24 hours, stainless steel for a certain amount of time, plastic for this. And it's like, once that information just gets ingrained in people's heads, I mean, the mail and Amazon, you know, hopefully people are, are, you know, wearing gloves and all that stuff, but just getting stuff delivered changed the whole perspective on it. People are going to start leaving their mail outside oh, for right. 24 hours, you know, or spraying it down. Shit. I don't know. Right. But, <laughs> you know, but it could be the, the ramifications could get a little crazy and overboard and probably for good reason, you know, probably for good reason. So right. there's going to be a lot of good that comes out of it. And there's definitely going to be a lot of bad. And, but I hope, I hope the good outweighs the bad. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's, you know, it's been weird. It's where I see everything the most. What really freaked me out a little bit was the first time I went to the store once, once it was like, okay, coronavirus is here. We're going to be dealing with it. It was the first time Mm -hmm. I went to the store and I walked in because I I honestly didn't know what to expect because, you you know, you hear on the news, like, you know, it's this crazy Mm -hmm. run. I walk in, everyone's chill. It's calm. There's stuff everywhere you know it's not like the shelves are empty except i started going down the aisles and then it was like these random like rice pasta you know the these mm-hmm. long-term long shelf life things are all gone and then yep. seeing people with carts just full of cans and all that i didn't like the way that made me feel i just i felt like oh my gosh no i gotta do that you know i didn't but um, yeah 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 i mean that's the same thing out here when we got back from new york we came we came down and uh you know, I went home and, uh, you know, we have stuff here, right. but, uh, you know, it took a couple of days before I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go to the grocery store. And, uh, I went to the grocery store and literally I was like, what is this outside? There's people all over the place. And, uh, they were, there was a line for carts to get inside. And I'm oh, like wow. a line for carts. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna let this pass. I'm going to let the normal work week go by Monday, Tuesday rolls around. And, uh, I went to the grocery store in the middle of the day and there was nobody, there was people there, but you know, all the stuff had been picked over, you know, people were running around. I saw a guy looking, I should have taken a photo of it, but I didn't want to be weird, but a guy, he had gloves on a mask, a stocking cap shirt zipped or coat zipped all the way up to his, to his neck. And he had plastic gloves on and he was looking at a ketchup bottle and he was, had a ketchup bottle in his hand. And I wanted to be like, Jesus, like that red 40, that, that red 40 and that ketchup is going to kill you faster than, you know, the, this coronavirus probably will. Oh, for um, sure. For sure. But, 
yeah, it was, it was interesting, you know, and I grabbed certain staples that we normally grab, but I didn't take, you know, any more than what I normally take. Um, and we've been to the grocery store a couple of times, but at the same time, we, I still have canned food. I still have waters. I still have stuff, um, food that lasts long, but that's just me being from Iowa and just being prepared for any type of blizzard or weather condition or power outage. And, you know, so hopefully people don't start running for Denver airport too soon. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, totally. but, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting times. And, and I think, you know, now probably the, uh, the grocery store, um, business, you know, having, having that type of a uh, rush, they're probably going to change, you know, their layout maybe a little bit to, uh, to, Hey, these are all the foods that quarantine foods. They're in the corner. This is all we have. The rest of the food is perishable on this side, you know, just like all the health foods and vegetables are now here. The frozen food is here. Um, you know, maybe some, some stores will do that, but it's interesting. Right. That's really smart. That's super smart. Our, our, there's a local, just a small little grocery store. Just It's a five minute walk from our place and they switch to, you know, their meat counter instead of having, you know, 40 different cuts and varieties. They just, they had mm-hmm. ground beef, a few steaks, you know, chicken breast. They just kept it super simple just so they could yeah. push the volume. But, um, that's a, yeah, yeah. it's just, it, it, it's really interesting to think about all these uh, economic consequences, social consequences that they're just, they're so hard to, to predict, you know, that, that are going to be the result of this. So I just, it's it's an interesting conversation. I'm sure we'll be having for years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, not to take this podcast and conversation a different way. It's like nine 11. I mean, all of a sudden there's TSA everywhere and we have all those, you know, measures in place and all these other measures for good reason, you know? And, uh, and, you know, even it's annoying at sometimes probably, but, uh, they're, they're trying to, uh, you know, fend off, uh, another attack of some kind or some, something else that they can't foresee. And so hopefully this will, they'll be good out of it. And hopefully they'll, you know, some of those, like we talk about the fitness industry, hope, hopefully some jobs will be created out of this mess, um, that will help people, you know? Uh, so Yeah. So are you guys doing any online coaching with the athletes or anything like that? Or is it just totally, how's that going down? So, so we sent all, all of the athletes are sent home. I mean, obviously everything's online for campus for Georgetown university. Um, the teachers are doing, uh, the online zoom courses, whatever we have suspended all practices, all competitions, all of that, which is a new kind of obviously thing for us. So it's like a, like having a winter storm come through here. But right. you can't, you can't, uh, you know, have little meetings and practices on campus. You have to have them online. But we have switched to a company called Team Builder, and so Team Builder, um, who is here in Virginia, we put uh, our athletes online, and we can send them workouts and programs. But every, it, it's, it's one thing if they're here at Georgetown and we can control their environment. But them being home and you know, one kid may not have anything. One kid may not even have space at home. Well, some kids, you know, at Georgetown, you know, that some kids don't have homes. Some kids have very, very nice homes with full on gym. So, so the, the, I guess thinking back to the scale of that, um, all the way up to all the way down, it's going to be very diverse. And so programming definitely has to be unique and, uh, definitely individualized, which is harder on our end. But at the same time, I'm definitely hopeful that, you know, once the end of the school year hits, everything will get back to normal, you know, May 
And then all of a sudden June comes and summer school rolls around. Whereas Georgetown summer school isn't, uh, there's not a whole lot of people around. And so by the time that hits and then, you know, that goes through that period. But once August hits every, all the athletes coming back, hopefully it doesn't affect that. If that happens, um, we'll definitely have to do, uh, we'll take some different measures then. But as of right now, just kind of stay in the course. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was curious if there was, you know, like, you know, I remember getting, you know, the summer program, the winter packet, and I was lucky yep. that I would just, my high school was very welcoming to, you know, former students coming back or alumni coming back and training in the weight room, which was awesome. But I could see how, you know, a lot of folks don't have that. So I was curious. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I guess the archaic way of doing it would be just to send, you know, an Excel format to everybody, which still works out great, you know, sending right. that summer packet and all that stuff. Um, Cause in the reality, how many people are actually going to take that packet? They're going to take it and you know, how many people are going to take it and do the full packet. So, you know, if you send out a full on packet, you can probably best guess 50, 50, uh, you know, it's, it's what you're probably going to get. Sure. You know, some people, hopefully some, everybody does it, but, at the same time, everybody's got a unique way of learning and doing things. So, um, yeah, even I, for me, like my, my, uh, I try and stay on a schedule here. Um, when, even when I was lifting that at Georgetown, like I try and stay on a schedule, but it's kind of, you know, it's a daily theme. Like today is my cardio day. Today is body weight day. Today is, you know, I'm doing Olympic lifting or today is bodybuilding, you know, totally. um, just try and stay, stay within a theme. Um, and you know, I try not to mix too much together. I used to do that a lot and that's kind of like, you know, uh, nutrition, just throwing stuff in, in all together into one soup and then trying to make it taste good with a little bit of salt. And it just, <laughs> sometimes it doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. What would you say yep. to someone listening that, you know, they're home, they didn't work out they weren't working out before this all went down, but they see it as an opportunity to start training. What would you, what would your advice be for them? You know, usually my advice in terms of working out is the cardio portion first, um, just to get your blood flow moving and get your lungs at a, at a very low level, your lungs and your heart rate um, going so you could do the push up, so you can do the calisthenics, so you can do the weight training and, eventually the squats and cleans and all that stuff, you know, building up to the pyramid. Um, one would be obviously standing up more around your home, walking around more in your home. If you're confined to your home um, and inside your house, walking up and down the steps, just simple, standing up more and walking. Um, if you have an outside, walking outside within nature, going outside and taking long and just say walks, that's it. Um, then you can ramp it up a little bit. I'm not, I'm not really encouraging anybody to jog or do sprints, but if you're just walking more, um, and moving around more, that's step number one, really. And then being cognizant of what you're eating and how much of your, how much you're eating, um, that would be the first couple steps. And then next is literally just adding in stretches. I, I feel mobility, mobility work will get you feeling like, wow, I do like this, right? Right. I do like moving around and just simple yoga, you know, not just like a YouTube type in YouTube clip on yoga and doing that. And, um, you know, if they don't have the monkey bars and don't have dumbbells and stuff like that, just getting that mobility in and that'll kind of open up the doors 
to a lot of the isometric work that people do. And that then the hierarchy will start flowing into, okay, now you know, I want to do, rather than hold warrior two for however many minutes or whatever seconds, um, I'd rather do some lunges or I'd rather do, um, rather than, you know, chitaranga or what, however, they, however you say that, chitaranga. <laughs> and I'd rather do some push-ups, right? Or I'd rather do some planks and then move it from there. And then you got start moving your body and, and different ways and space and time and different planes. And then what you were talking about earlier was, or we were talking about earlier was the training hasn't changed. And then you get into the seven movement patterns, you know, the vertical press, pull, squat, hinge, stuff like that. Like all those, breaking all that down into, uh, you know, a, a, another pattern um, and then flowing with inside that pattern, you know, with, with different, with different types of med balls, and, you know, different systems like the monkey bars or like a band, like dumbbells, like a barbell and stuff like that. And, but that pattern also flows up and down, you know, at the same time, me being very active and always moving and always doing things, I've had to now shift down, downshift into where I'm laying down more, but now I've gotten back to just walking, you know, walking right. around my block and, 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 uh, you know, I don't have to put a huge rucksack on with 50 pounds on my back. I can just move at a good clip, you know, maybe put on a uh, podcast like I did, um, this morning and just walk around for however many minutes the podcast is. And once I see the podcast winding down, then I just start walking back home and that's good. You know, your body needs that sometimes, you know, just, just walking will stimulate great blood flow through the feet and back up. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of long in a nutshell. My, my advice is just get up, stand up, start walking up and down your steps, moving, uh, moving more and then move yourself into kind of more of the ground based yoga style, uh, stationary, stationary poses. And that'll open up the door to isometrics and then movement patterns. Oh, for sure. It, I, I love that you said the walking too, because I, I've been really thinking about that and encouraging the same thing recently, just because I was talking with a buddy, we were training for a, a, the Grand Canyon run. This was about a year and a half ago. And we were, we were just out one day chatting and our conclusion was walking is probably one of the most natural, normal human things you can do from like an activity standpoint. But yeah, it's, it's, kind of hard to do depending on where you live now yeah your elevation i mean you know like it's it for me right now if i would go i'm definitely not acclimated to go to your elevation and start sprinting around let alone lifting you know or, sure. or playing basketball like i would if i would go and get acclimated i would just go walk and not even on a hike right i, I mean i i am i probably could do it but i would struggle you know i'd get the headaches and those bleed and you know, the, the cramps and things I, I, from just doing that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, I do wish I'd lived at elevation, but there's some, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, living here, um, has its advantages as well. Oh, sure. Um, but, but just going out on a hike on, on, you know, up to the mountains, you know, it's, it's, uh, definitely just taxing on your system just to walk, um, up at a certain elevation. You know, I do that at hotels. I, it up to about 10% and I try and walk at 3.5 for however long. And I usually get somebody on the phone, um, while I'm doing that or I listen to a podcast, but I usually try and get somebody on the phone and try and have a conversation. So I'm expelling more air. So it taxes my system in a different way. Cause I, I, I did the thing back in the, when I was younger and, you know, 
kind of the Rocky training, Muhammad Ali, where they get up every morning, Mike Tyson, and, you know, you do your jogging, you do your running, but you don't see any of the other training that they're doing, right? They're not seeing all the other stuff that they're doing. And so I used to keep myself in the quote shape, um, by, by going out and doing distance cardio. And I loved it. You know, I, I still love it. Um, but my body just can't handle that anymore. Going out and pounding my, myself into oblivion and, and it's not the mental side of it. You know, I could probably push through it. It's, it's more, I just, I don't want to deal with that on the back end, the recovery aspect of it right now. I just rather would be feel better, you know, right. feel better as a whole holistically. Oh, for um, sure. you know, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not really training for anything other than the zombies coming, but that's, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, uh, just trying to, trying to keep it simple. What was really yeah. eye opening to me was the first season I spent in the wild. You know, I was living at about well, living slash working at about you know eight to ten thousand feet. Mm-hmm. You know, hiking five to ten miles a day, doing physical work all day, and then I still have the energy to train. Not necessarily like a full hour, hour and a half long session, but I'd still do you know specific like you know pull ups, chin ups, squats, whatever. But um. I just, I noticed that time it like hypercharged my fitness level and just, it was interesting how you could do all that work, that low intensity, just kind of activity, mainly walking and still feel great and do it day after day. And never, it never broke me down in the same way that like, you know, trying to run sprints or, you know, run hard miles Mm -hmm. and lift heavy, how that, that can kind of break you down more. So that was just super eye opening for me. And, you know, it's, Walking isn't the sexiest thing to tell people to do, but I'm, I really, I, I really believe it's just, um, it's kind of like this, this base level activity fitness you need to check off before you can start again, climbing that, that pyramid. So I, I'm yeah. glad to hear you say that. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I am not sure where I read this or found this, but there's a certain, you know, the, the military, they'll, they'll run, you know, they'll run you however many miles, but there's a certain point where you're going to rock and you're going to walk. Um, because they know how much damage it can do to the body. And, you know, you can't run, you can't sustain an army running a marathon every single day. Like right. that just, that just won't happen, but you can break that up. And you, there's at some point you have to walk. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, you know, and not to get out, out there, but the whole concept of grounding, you know, where people right. need to, I mean, they're sitting in, you know, I got uh, plastic sandals on right now. I got socks on, you know, standing on a tile floor, like being inside my house, my body's probably charged to a certain extent in some different way, you know, going out, taking your shoes off, putting your feet in the mud and walking around in the grass is, you know, like a hobbit really like it, like <laughs> has some grounding effect to it. And you can look that up on YouTube. It's definitely a real thing. Grounding. It's, it's a, uh, you know, there's, there's a, there's some, something to be said about putting your feet in some soil and, and, you know, getting back to the wild and mother earth and, uh, so, yeah. Well, I think out, out there. Yeah, no, I, I, I've, I hundred percent believe that because it's, you can feel it when you do it, you can feel it, you know? So I a hundred percent believe that. And, you know, obviously we, we've from day one, our, our whole Genesis has been, we always say we were born in the wild. So that's, uh, that's where our roots yeah. lay. And, you know, it's, it's a bummer that folks are, kind of inside now but hopefully if you have a backyard or even just your you know i've been setting up just on my front door so at least i'm you know in the sunshine you know so any little yeah. bit i think is a, a step in the right direction for sure i i also so 
taken to, to the right or the left. But uh, have you read, I remember talking to you about uh, 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 this guy that he wrote a book called Touch the Top of the World. Um, I'm going to butcher his last name, but Eric Wein, Weinen, Weinenmeyer, Weinenmeyer. Um, oh. I got referred to him by a friend who is, whose mother is blind and he is uh, uh, a blind man who has overcome amazing obstacles and uh, summited seven summits and uh, went to Mount Everest with him and his partner and did it blind and um, just has overcome a lot of different things and, and uh, trials and tribulations, but great book. He lives apparently out in Golden, Colorado. Um, yeah, but, he's right uh, down the road. I remember, yeah, I remember uh, we were texting, I, I feel like at one point, and I had asked you uh, if, if you had met him. I'm pretty sure it was you. Maybe it was, Maybe it was another friend, but I, it's, uh, yeah, he lives, he lives right down the road. He would be somebody to, uh, to reach out to or to read his book. I mean, it's amazing, you know, some of the things that he's done and how he had to take his fitness level and just, uh, just walking, you know, just walking in and was a challenge because obviously he was, he was blind. And so he had to take in certain things and take certain measures. And that was, it's very interesting. So that's a great book. I, I would say if any of the listeners, want a book recommendation touch the top of the world um is uh is an amazing book I'll write that down yeah he's a wild man for sure yeah for yeah, sure he, he's yeah. he's around he's around touch the top of the world well man i can talk training yeah. forever yeah but uh i don't want to i don't want to take away from your training time family time so i appreciate you coming on i think the monkeys are going to be stoked you've got a lot more wisdom than I do on the training side. So I'd love, I, I, Hey man, if you're down, I'd love to do this again sometime. So Absolutely, I, I appreciate man. it. No, thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's been, uh, it's, uh, been a good journey watching you guys grow, you know, from when you were at Georgetown until now, like you've taken, taken the monkey bars to, uh, you know, in a wild way to the to new heights. And so no, I, I hope this trend now comes and brings people out of their global gym, which would be bad for that business, but out into the wild, just places what, what you guys are doing. So, right. um, yeah, it's been an honor, man. All right. Well, thanks so much, man. Stay safe, stay Good wild stuff. out there and yep. we'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Take care, Coach Hill. Yep.